Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. The brothers of Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim, after we praise and thank Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the brothers of Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim, they make some sort of a plan. Yahuda is the eldest brother, and he says to the other brothers, the other ten brothers, because Binyamin was the one who was born last and his mom had passed away while he was a child, while he was born. This is the other reason that the father had to give attention to these two little boys because they were, in a sense, orphans. So when they said that our father is giving attention to these two boys, they were really making a mistake. Because you cannot compare the father giving attention to a 30-year-old. He's supposed to be independent already, for example. And so he's not getting attention. And the boy that's five or six getting attention. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. How do you say that my father is leaving me out? But you're a man. You're supposed to be standing on your feet. You're supposed to be okay. So these were from the many reasons, okay? Because at the same time, when they were saying that our father is not seeing to us, they claimed that they were big on themselves. So we sit in the company and we say, the employer is not looking after me. But at the same time, I consider myself greater than the employer. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. You want to challenge top management, but you're saying that top management doesn't look after me. SubhanAllah. This is something which, which is really contrary to, to the teachings that are found in the incident of Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim. And we never challenge top management. We engage top management. That's, that's, that's a lesson that we have to do. We never challenge somebody who has seniority. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when somebody is made an amir, then you have to follow that amir. If he's made the amir, even if he was a slave that was captured and now he's made the amir, you have to follow that amir. Even if he was somebody that held no position in society before, when he's made the Amir, you have to follow him. When the Prophet ﷺ had passed away, when Abu Bakr anhu became the Khalifa, uh, one of the first things that he did was he gathered the army, the expedition of Zayd. Anhu. At that time, he was around about 17 or 18. And one of the concerns uh, from the many concerns were that there were senior sahaba, many senior sahaba who were in this expedition. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu found the many things. He said, subhanallah, when they asked him, but how can you send out this expedition and this youngster has no experience? And he said that I choose to follow or how can I not follow the instructions of the man who sallallahu alayhi wasallam was going to send the very expedition under the very uh, tutelage and leadership of this individual. So it doesn't matter how old the individual is. If that individual has been placed in seniority in a particular department and is a person that has justice and is a person that is ruling in a manner that is okay, we need to accept that person. If the person is not ruling with justice and is unfair, what we need to do, subhanallah, is engage and go to the person or go through the channels. And if we can't get through the channels, because in this day and age, and let us take our country as an example, 
to get through the channels, you basically have to uh, exhaust all your resources. You sometimes to get to the top, you have to put yourself right down. So to the last cent, you have to spend to get to the top. You've got to give this one, and that one, and this prince, and that person, whatever the case might be. And by the time you get to the top, you still have nothing to offer. So if we want to, unfortunately, we have to go through the channels, okay? But if we don't go through those channels, because to get through to the top, more often than not, we have to use the method which is bribery, right? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ar-Rashi wal-Murtashi kilahuma finnar. The one who gives a bribe and the one who takes a bribe, both of them are in the fire of Jahannam. There's a beautiful incident that's made mention at one of the hotels, rather one of the airports, and uh, they were checking the bags, and the individual who was checking the bags said to this individual, listen, I'll let you through, but you'll have to give uh, something, okay? Uh, so he said, no, unfortunately. So he said, look, if you don't give, my supervisor on that side is going to be angry at me. Because they all sometimes work together. So he said, he's going to be angry at me. So the individual said, if I give you, my Allah will be angry with me. So subhanAllah, that person said to him, just wait a minute, I need you to stand one side. Because th this is something that's, that's a bit, it's, it's different. And it is mentioned that he accepted Islam based on this one particular action, subhanAllah. This is going from one point to the other point in terms of management and how we should stay away from bribes and bribery and how we need to use the right channels and finally to make dua. In the beginning we make dua, at the ending we make dua. And if something doesn't work out, subhanAllah, it's because Allah didn't want it to work out. It's because the plan of Allah didn't want it to happen. Yusuf salam had to leave, okay? So if you engage, people will say, it was so bad that it was a young boy, a little young boy that was challenging 10, 10 senior. And they said, Usba, right? So it's the board sitting in front of you and you trying to present your case. What chance do you have? All 10 of them are saying one thing. You saying something else, which is probably the truth. That is why Allah Jalla wa said, when they threw him into the well, we will remind him and we'll remind them about it and they won't even know. So you got your board in front of you. You got the board of directors, you got management, you got whoever you have to answer to. Now you are saying something which is correct. Just like Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim. All of them are in cahoots. Are they really going to listen? So sometimes it's not the right time. The time will come. Allah will give the time to basically put your case forward. If you're weak right now, then bow down to Allah. And Allah will raise you above all of expectations. May Allah grant us the ability. Nonetheless, this Yahuda said, look, don't kill him. If you're going to kill him, it's going to be a bit of a problem. Why don't we place him in the depths of the well? So he could have said so many things. But it was beautiful. It was Allah that had put it in his mind to convince 10 people. So the individual that's sitting on the board, they, all of them say, no, no, we're going to fire you. So the one said, look, don't fire him. Let's transfer him to another department. Don't fire him. He is a good person. He's just not agreeing with our policy. So let's just transfer him to another department to get him off our heads. Besides, that department needs a bit of shaking up. If he sorts that department out, subhanAllah, we'll benefit. Okay? So this is the reason. And this could be the hikmah and the wisdom behind the plan. I see it as a bad thing. I might look at it now and say, wow, this is something that shouldn't have happened. But Allah knows the end result. 
And the end result will eventually be these individuals, because remember, it is not ever possible that Allah will allow any wrong action to take place. It's not possible, except from those individuals who do collectively the wrong. There'll be one or two that will give up the information. It's not possible that that wrong will be kept hidden forever. This is one of the miracles of the Quran and one of the proofs of the Quran. Why do we believe in the Quran? Firstly, because we believe in the Quran. But what makes us believe in the Quran is because we know it's wahi. The second reason is that the Quran is mutawatir. Meaning that there were so many people that had memorized the Quran and that had related the Quran, that had taught the Quran, thousands to people after them, the tabi'i, and they were thousands of people that had taught the Quran to thousands after them. And this was the golden thread. And in that manner, this Quran continued to be taught. And because of this, because the system mutawatir is that if there is some wrong in it, there will be a few people who will say, no, that's wrong, that's lies. This is something that wasn't there. And how do we know this? When the Bibles, when the Injil, when the Torah, when the Zabur were changed, there were people that stood up and said it's changed. Even this day, there will be people, there are people who are Christians, and they'll tell you they don't advocate for that which is in the Bible because it's, it's, it's somehow changed. So similarly, if there's a change in the Quran, there will be people who will stand up and say, look, this is not the right thing. In the compilation of the Quran, now we just, we just, you know, digressing. In the compilation of the Quran, when there were many people who had passed away and become, had basically become martyrs, in the time of Abu Bakr, there was a Quran that was put, uh, put into place. Umar radiallahu anhu, and, and, and then in the era of Uthman, it became one piece. Now, how was it done? Individuals were called. If you had a piece of an ayah written, you had to bring that piece. If you had a verse, you had to bring that verse. If you had a surah, you had to bring that surah. So everybody brought this entire collection that they had together. And they used this process of the golden thread. And by cross-checking, is this verse the same as that verse? And then they would get to Hafiz and say, read this verse. And another Hafiz, another Hafiz. And in this way, the Quran was preserved. It had to be preserved because Allah said, وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ And we will basically preserve the Qur'an. So anyway, he said, throw them in the well, throw Yusuf salam in the well, in the darkness of the well, in a well that's hidden. Maybe what will happen is some travelers will collect this individual. So the other department will look after him. It's off our heads. That's what, that's what we said earlier. In kuntum If you want to do something, look at the end of the day, he's our brother. At the end of the day, he's our brother. So even when there was an intention to get rid of him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in their hearts a little bit of feeling. And more specifically in the big one. So even brothers and sisters, even when we are not on terms with our brothers and sisters, let it not be that we go to the extent that we take that little muhabba that we have and destroy it. Every individual has some feeling for his brother or sister. How do we know this? The man is on his, the man is on his deathbed generally. 95% will be there. They didn't speak. They didn't get along for 20, 30 years. What happens is you visit. Okay? You somehow, along the line, there's a reason. There's a mayat in the family. 
the auntie passes away, the uncle passes away, the father, if your father passes away, what do you do? I'm not going to go, or you're not going to go. Or, I mean, what, what, what do we do? We have to stand at some point together and, and then we cry and we cry together. So there's that little, little bit, the, the little rahmah and mercy that we have in our hearts. So even if we're fighting, let it not be that we fight with ourselves to take that rahmah out. We make dua that Allah increases that rahmah. Because there was a time in our lives when we were so protective of our brothers and sisters that even if somebody looked at them, it was a problem. Even if somebody looked at them, it was a problem. If somebody touched them, you and I would be ready to place our life. You, you, <laughs> look, you can harm me, you can't touch my brother. If you want to do anything, you come to me, you, you don't go to him. I'll sort out the debt, but don't injure him. I'll give whatever is due, don't injure him. I'll do what is necessary. Look, maybe times, situations, actions change that. What I'm saying is, that created a bond that was so strong, subhanAllah, that it's not ever supposed to break. But then times and situations come about, maybe marriage, maybe businesses, maybe wealth, maybe inheritance, and so we drift apart. But is that really as important as keeping the bond? The Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Qati'ah, the person who breaks off family ties, he'll never enter Jannah. He'll never enter Jannah. How is it that you and I want to break off family ties and we want to enter Jannah when in Jannah we'll only enjoy Jannah if there's family? Right? In Jannah, you'll only enjoy fa- uh, in Jannah if there's family. So like you in Jannah and then what do you want to happen? You want family, you want friends. That's how we are. That's how Allah has built us. Adam alayhi salam needed a companion. Ibrahim alayhi salam needed his children. People want their companions and their families. So Allah says that very thing which we want in Jannah, if we don't build it in this world, you won't even enter Jannah. May Allah Jalla wa'ala protect us all. So then they have to put a plan. They have to now go to their father and get Leo Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim from their father. So they go to their father and the father is protective and he's doing whatever he has to do for Yusuf He's trying to mold him and teach him. And they say to their father, and, and, and this is a bit of a difficult one. When, when relatives who you don't trust, okay, and, and, and we know that there might be somebody in the family who's got a bad habit, maybe they drink, they, they, they have a drug problem. Uh, and, and somehow children find them cool. You know, you had an uncle, you had an uncle that was a maniac, but, but it was nice to go to his house because you, 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 you got to watch TV there, you could smoke there, you could meet the other cousins there. There it was like free for all, right? And, and your parents would be like, hey, no, we're just going to Foy's house or to Carla's house or uh, to the cousin's house that was a bigger cousin, etc. So, so it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a catch-22 because how do you say no? If you say no, then it's going to be like, but that's my cousin. Why can't I go to my cousin's house? But in some, uh, sometimes you visit. If it's wrong for me to go, then why you visit? Why sometimes you say that let's go to Kala's house? And I say no, you say let's go. You force us to go. So if you force us to go, then I want to go now. And it's not for long. I just want to go and we'll sit and we'll enjoy. And you get to enjoy more than just the ledgers, you know, food, etc. It happens, brothers and sisters, and we need to ensure that we protect ourselves from this. So they go to the father, and this is exactly the plan that they use. 
They say, oh, our father, how is it that how is it that you don't trust Yusuf with us? Like we're family. You know, I mean, we're not strangers. We're not somebody that just came into your house. We're family here. I mean, so we go to the friend's house to pick him up for an event. And the father said, no. Right? So what, well, what do we normally do? I remember when, uh, when we had friends and we wanted to go somewhere, uh, they would send me in. So that time my beard was growing, you know. They would send me in. So you looked a bit Islamic. <laughs> Subhanallah. And then you'd go there and you'd say, Assalamu alaikum. And how are you keeping? And how's the family? How's the business? And Subhanallah. And like, oh, and they get very happy as a responsible person. Responsible. And Allah made us responsible. We hope we stay like that. A, a, a responsible person came in and the father is like, wow, you got a topi, mashallah. You got a kurta on. And underneath, they don't know what's there. Allah protect us all. We used to wear bigger kurtas to have smarter clothes under. I'm just telling you. So just watch your children, eh? So then you go and you say, uh, you know, Uncle Ismail, we just, uh, is it possible? If it's possible. We don't want to, we'll come early, inshallah. We're just going to, to, to it's just myself, my brother, and I mean, we're just going to go to Rosebank, or we're going to go to the zoo, to, to, to Santon. We're not gonna, we, I promise, we're not going to mess around. We're going to just get some food, and in the food court, we're going to sit around, we'll just meet some friends, and um, we'll have him home by 10. And so what happens the first time? Half past nine, you get home. Half past nine, you're at the men's house. And then you say, can we come in for some tea? So it's hard that they came at half past nine. And then as you build up, it's like half past 10. Half past 11, but Ismail Bhai is checking you and he's trusting you. And so, that trust sometimes is a bit of a difficult thing because it can lead to serious problems. But at the same time, you can't say no as a father. Because if you're saying no, then you're almost creating an impression that they are no good. So you're saying that I can't do something. I mean, I, uh, you're saying that I'm not good enough. If I'm not good enough for him, then I'm not good enough for you, then I leave the house. Why should I be here? Kids talk like that, no? They do. If I'm worth nothing, yeah, you say I'm worth nothing. So I go. I'll pack my bags and I go. And it's very easy for kids nowadays to do that. They become silly. So, so we got this side to balance. We got that side to balance. And they say, وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَنَاصِحُونَ And they're making a promise, like how I used to make promises to the fathers. Right? Subhanallah. And, but we lived up to our promise. And they said, and we his well wishes. I mean, like we his bruised, man. We his brothers. For a long time we're together, right? We, we're not going to hurt this guy. So he said, Inni bihi. He said, look, I have a fear. If I send him with you, I trust you, right? It's not that I don't trust the auntie. I trust you. Rather, it's not that I don't trust you. I trust, I, 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 I trust you, but I don't trust the other person. My wife beautifully said, she said, I said, but you've got nothing to worry about. What's the problem? I taught for seven years in a school. I, I'm, I'm here in the masjid now for the seventh year. Allah keep us, you know, for a long, long time. I mean, Ya Rabbul Alameen. I said, my seventh year, I never got a proposal. So what's the problem? Not that I want the proposal, but seriously. Right? So she said, no, no, no. You know the woman, Hasbahan. No. It's not that I trust you. I don't trust them. So I'm like, Subhanallah. Anyway, so they had to say, uh, they had to put this whole plan together. So he said, I fear, I fear that if I send him with you, this is my fear. You know, uh, if he comes to the, the, the shopping center, maybe you guys go to see the PlayStation. 
He might not be so interested in the PlayStation. He might not be so interested in the, in, in, in the jungle gym. You think you've left him there, and then he quickly, uh, as you're talking, he slips out. And then by the time the food comes, you go and look for him, and he's not there, right? And then you go to now uh, be haywire, and then you're going to eventually um, make a plan, and subhanAllah, so this is, this is the problem. So he says, I fear that if I send him with you, maybe an animal will eat him. But here he used the word dhib, a wolf, because where they were living, there were many, many wolves. And you are not away, and you are not taking into consideration the, the young boy. So he's, he's like here somewhere, you know, with parents also, they're like here, and then the wife sees a nice shoe, and the husband sees somebody wearing the nice shoe, Allah forgive us. <laughs> and, and, so, and so what happens is, we forget we have a youngster also with the shoe, and, and, and the next thing is, he's like, Yo, hey, where, where did he go? And so you tell, I told you must look, look keep, uh, must, watch, must watch him. And the wife is like, why should, you must stop watching other people, subhanAllah. And then now they can't find the people, and, and there's a whole lot of feelings. Um, and they again said, relying on their strength, they said, La in wa nahnu usba. They said, listen, oh our father, you're, you're really talking a strange thing, you know. I'm a mulana, man. How, how does guys gonna do haram? How can I take him to the club? How am I gonna take him and give him ease and ease? I can't do that. I'm not gonna be able to give him liquor. I mean, I, you can, I'll bring the tester for you. If you want, I'll bring the tester. Right? And uh, that wouldn't be a problem. I mean, come on, give us a, give us a chance. Maybe we like this guy. So, relying on their strength. And this gave courage to the father. This gave some himba. And he started believing, okay, okay, maybe, maybe there's a bit of a change of heart. Maybe there's a possibility that my nephew or my sister wants to really look after my children. Maybe, maybe there's a possibility. Is it true? I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. Let's test the waters, okay? Let's see if it's true. And they come back and they say, oh, we went there, no iftar. We went there, they gave us water and half a kajur. And we went there and they said, uh, it's good. You deserve it. We don't have any food. So, so it, it can be a test. Or they come back and they say, wow, there was faluda, there was milkshake, there was cold drink, there was bajias, there was pies, there was... So many things, uh, but Kala never give us anything. <laughs> no, no, no. That, uh, or, or, or the other one is, no, Alhamdulillah, we ate and we ate and we played with the children and we were so happy because we didn't see them for a long time. So this is now what they're trying to do, right? We look after him because if we don't, we'll be from the losers. We'll lose a brother. And we don't want to lose a brother. The intention was, yeah, we want to lose the brother. Okay, and we want your attention to be on us, and that is why, subhanAllah, they made this lie. And then they went, and they had made a plan that they were going to put him in the well. And Allah Jalla wa'ala says, We had inspired Yusuf alayhi salam. In his small age, we inspired him. Like the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam often would be given glad tidings. So Allah inspired him. You know, it's like almost. When you're making a baby sleep, you tap the baby. And you say, Allah, Allah, Allah. So it was almost if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was stepping Yusuf alayhi salam. As when Allah had made the fire cool for Ibrahim alayhi salam, in the, dark, in the deep darkness of the wealth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
is tapping Yusuf Any individual who has to make a sacrifice when they're young, Allah will start looking after them from when they're young. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and all our children. Wa sallallahu wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidil Mursaleen. Wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.